This afternoon, brothers and sisters, we deal with Lord's Day 52 of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 52. And there the church has confessed the word of God as follows. What is the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer then? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is, in ourselves we are so weak that we cannot stand even for a moment. Moreover, our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh do not cease to attack us. Will you therefore uphold and strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that in this spiritual war we may not go down to defeat, but always firmly resist our enemies until we finally obtain the complete victory? How do you conclude your prayer? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is all this we ask of you, because as our king, having power over all things, you are both willing and able to give us all that is good. And because not we, but your holy name should receive, so receive all glory forever. What does the word amen mean? Amen means it is true and certain. For God has much more certainly heard my prayer than I feel in my heart that I desire this of him. So far, our confession of the word. Brothers and sisters in the Lord and boys and girls who belong to the Lord, imagine that you suddenly somewhere along the line discovered or woke up one morning or during the night and there was a fire in your house. You would, you're home alone and you try to put the fire out but you can't extinguish the flames. What are you going to do then? You just keep trying to pour water on it with your garden hose while the house burns down? I don't think so. I think you'd run out to the neighbors and you'd ask for help. You'd phone 911, get the fire department out there as soon as you could. Why would you seek the help of others? Well, because you realize how dangerous the fire is and how helpless you are. You can't put the fire out yourself. And if you don't get out and get help, your whole house will burn down maybe with you in it. You along with it. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, do you realize that that's how it is with all of us? Our lives are actually in danger all the time. The danger is, in fact, so great that we cannot save ourselves from it. And you know what that danger is? Or who is putting us in such life-threatening danger? The devil. The devil. He wants us to do things against God's will. He tries to get us to do things that are sinful. And he knows we're susceptible to doing what he wants us to do. He knows our hearts often want to do sinful things. We're sinful by nature. The devil says to us, what's wrong with lying as long as it's to your advantage? Or what's wrong with bullying that person you don't like at all? They deserve it, right? 
Or he whispers in her ear, there's nothing wrong with checking out some sex sites on the internet today. Nobody will know. See, the devil would like nothing more than to separate us from the Lord. From the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to get his hands on us so that we don't obtain the salvation which has been promised us in Jesus Christ. He, he wants to make sure we're never going to get to heaven to be with the Lord forever. And if we don't seek help here and now, if we don't keep asking our Father in Christ to help us, we'll more and more come under the power of the evil one. He'll be like a fire that's eating away at the house of our life more and more until there's nothing left. And that's why the Lord Jesus taught us to pray that we stay out of the clutches of the evil one. And I proclaim to you God's word as we confess that in Lord's Day 52 with this theme then, Christ teaches weak people the sixth petition Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he does this because we are in danger, in the first place. In the second place, because our Father in heaven is so strong. And in the third place, because our Father also wants to save us, to deliver us. First of all, Christ teaches us the sixth petition because we're in danger. Congregation, we read earlier on the first part of the first chapter of the letter of James. It says there, verse 13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Well, if God doesn't tempt anyone, how could Jesus then teach us to pray to our Father in heaven, lead us not into temptation? Did James not know the prayer which his own brother in the flesh, Jesus, taught his disciples? Well, to understand this, we have to consider what James is saying in the whole first part of the first chapter of this letter. James speaks a number of times about trials and temptations in this section, and each time the same word is used in the original language, in the original Greek. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you meet with various trials. And then later on, verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, and so on. The same Greek word, Pyrasmon is used for both trials and for temptations in this chapter. What does James mean when he uses that word at the beginning as trials and later on in that chapter as temptation? Well, the thing is that the one word can that one word in Greek can have two shades of meaning and it depends on the context which we which meaning we can apply to it. It can mean testing or trying. God tests or tries us in order that we become stronger in faith and in the fruits of faith that we grow in that. Think of how it says at the beginning of Genesis 22, God tested Abraham and then he told him to go and offer Isaac as a burnt offering in the land of Moriah. That's the meaning James gives the word at the beginning of James 1. You can count it all joy when God gives you trials, difficult things in your life to deal with, 
Because that is an opportunity for you to grow in faith, in patience, and so on. The same word can also mean temptation in the sense that Satan tempts people to fall into sin. Or our own nature, sinful nature, tempts us, entices us to act on that. Think of how the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, about those who desire to be rich and fall into temptation and a snare because of that. That's the meaning of the word later on, James 1, when James writes that no one who is tempted should say that he is tempted by God. So there it is used in the context of sinning. The thing is, brothers and sisters, God, who is almighty, allows the devil to bring certain situations and circumstances in our lives which God wants to use to test our faith and which the devil then also wants to use to tempt us. God uses that to bring us close to him. The devil wants to use the same occasion to draw us away from him. So God can lead us into situations that can become for us either test for good or temptation to evil. Think of how it says, Matthew 4, verse 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the devil tempted Jesus to try to make him fall. At the same time, God the Father tested him to strengthen him for his task. So what does Christ actually teach us to ask for in this sixth petition? Well, you asked your Father in Christ to help you make the right choice when he leads you into a situation in which you have to choose. Will you let that situation be a test from God for good? Or will you let it, by your sinful nature, become a temptation which the devil can use to bring you into sin? Will you follow Christ? Will you do the will of God, even if it goes against your feelings? Or will you do what is sinful? Follow Satan. If we give in to the temptation and do what is sin, then we can't blame God. We can never blame him. We can't excuse ourselves by saying to him, but you led me into this situation. I couldn't help it. I was kind of forced into a corner, and I had to get out of it. No. Why can we not excuse ourselves like that? Well, in the first place, because we caused the situation ourselves by bringing sin into the world in the first place. And in the second place, the test became a temptation for us, not because God made it so hard for us, but because we made it so hard for ourselves. James writes, verses 14 and 15, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Can't blame God. On the other hand, we all have the promise of God that he will stand by us as his children in every circumstance, and he has promised us the strength of the Holy Spirit to make us stronger through the testing and trying of our faith. He has promised he would do that through Jesus Christ, who withstood the devil and who gave himself for us on the cross as the perfect offering for our sins. So we have no excuse if we fall for temptation. 
And I, I think here of the question, catechism students and sometimes other people you hear them ask too, well, couldn't have God have prevented the fall into sin and paradise in the first place? After all, he put that tree of the knowledge of good and evil there. Why did he confront man with that having to choose in the first place? But let's not forget that God made man good and in his image and able to always choose good and that in his love he even warned him not to eat of that tree. Don't touch this one. So man, he gave man the opportunity to show his love to God, not only by doing good, but especially by turning to God for the strength not to do what God had forbidden him to do. He could grow through that testing of his love for God. He could grow through that. So when the devil came and turned that test into a temptation for man too, then man could have turned to God for help and for the strength needed to resist the devil and not to eat from that tree. But he didn't. They ate. And you see from that then too that it was our own fault and downfall that we did not seek the help of our Father in heaven then because we acted with Adam and Eve. The thing is, brothers and sisters, also after the fall into sin, God still promises to give the strength not to fall for the temptations, not to give in for those temptations which lead to sin and ultimately to death, as it says in James 1.15. We need to keep praying for that strength asking for the help to stand. And that brings us to the second point of the sermon too, namely, Christ teaches us in the sixth petition to ask the help of our Father because our Father in heaven is strong. You notice when people pray the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer that some will say, deliver us from evil in general. Others say, deliver us from the evil one. And if you check out the New King James Version which we use here, it has deliver us from the evil one. And I believe that's more accurate, seeing how the word used here is almost always refers to the evil one, the devil, the great adversary of God and his people. It's of utmost importance for us as believers to oppose him personally in our everyday lives. Not to think of him as not being there, but personally him being there, and he's there every day for you to fight. As we, you can read in James 4, verse 7, later on in the letter of James 4, verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. He's there. He's there all the time, every day. He's there. He wakes up with you in the morning. And congregation, the devil is a mighty adversary. And because of him, such, sin is such a great power, so dangerous. And we're so weak in ourselves. We cannot stand for a moment, helpless, pray to the devil and to sin. And you know, if we honestly acknowledge our helplessness, 
If we honestly acknowledge that, then we're strong. Then we're, we're strong against the enemy, the devil, and, and sin. The devil is so strong, and I'm so weak, but my Father in Christ is so much stronger than the devil and sin. And if I have him, I can withstand. And to remind us of that, Jesus told us to close the prayer he taught us with the words, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And that means I don't have to feel so low because I'm so weak in myself. Yes, I'd have to feel hopeless if I was trying to resist the devil and the sin around me and in my own nature by myself. That would be a hopeless battle. Hopeless. But not, it's not a hopeless battle if I see my life and my help in my Father in heaven, with my Father in Christ, because He has the power to help me follow Christ in all my trials. Even when my own sinful heart tempts me to sin, to respond positively to the devil. In fact, my Father in heaven has the power to make me stronger and stronger by means of trials. Every time you choose for Christ and against sin in your life, you see God's power at work in your life. Then you see and feel that it's good to do God's will, to live according to His Word. And that encourages you for the next time. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the Lord God truly has a lot more power than the devil and the world and our own sinful nature and even more power than death itself, which seems so final. No one can overcome Almighty God, our loving Father in Christ. And you see that so clearly throughout the Bible. He shows us. Let me give you a few examples from the New Testament. You know how the Lord Jesus Christ was tempted by the devil. We mentioned that already. He wanted to prevent the Lord Jesus Christ from going to the cross as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He offered the Lord all the kingdoms of the world if he would just bow down to him and worship him. Just uh, bend your knee to me. He said that was an attempt to draw Jesus away to obtain power without going to the cross, to tempt him to uh, obtain power without the cross, the suffering on the cross. But Jesus said to the devil, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And after that, it says in Matthew 4, the devil left him and angels came and ministered to him. Christ sent the devil away with his tail between his legs, so to speak. Another example of God's power shown by the Lord Jesus. Jesus hung on the cross on Calvary, and it became totally dark. Totally dark. Jesus was enveloped by hell, we could say. Hell came to him. The devil focused all his power on Jesus at that time to try to get him to come down from the cross to short-circuit his work. 
to try to get him to give up doing God's will to the very end. And at the end of those three hours of darkness, Jesus still cried out to his heavenly Father from the cross, My God, my God! And then shortly afterwards, he could cry out in victory, It is finished. He had overcome the powers of hell. And one more example. The Lord Jesus died and was buried. It seems as if death and the devil had won the victory for good. Even the disciples thought that. But then the Father came on the third day and he raised Jesus from the dead. The devil could do what he wanted, but he couldn't hold back Jesus' resurrection from the dead. As Peter said later on, death could not hold him. He rose from the dead, conquered death and sin. You believe these events really took place as they're described in the Bible, don't you? Well, then you as a weak believer don't have to despair. Your God and King is mighty. That's so clear. Maybe you've given in to the temptations of the devil and your own sinful nature so much and so often, you don't think it can ever be right with you again. I've been drawn too far. But then God says to you, come here. Bring that big load of your sins to Jesus Christ. And stop hunting in yourself for the strength to fight the devil and the world and your sinful nature. Look to me. Seek the power to change things in your life and to fight the devil and his dominion. Seek that power in me. I have the power. I have the power to bring you to love me and Jesus Christ more than your own desires, more than your own life even. And I want to give you that power. I want nothing more than to stand by you in your battle against the devil and the world and your own sinful nature. I want to help you. Make you strong. And that brings us to the third and the last point of the sermon. Christ also teaches us that our Father in heaven wants to deliver us from the power of the devil. Congregation, imagine that you needed help really badly. Let's say financial help. You needed money. You know somebody who has lots, a friend of yours. You go to that friend, you ask for help. But that friend turns you down. Then it, you realize it doesn't help to know that that person has so much and can do so much, can help you. It doesn't help you to know they can help you. They don't want to. They don't want to help you. Well, your Father in Christ is not like that. He is the Almighty God. He has power. And He loves His children. And He wants to help them so much that He gave His only Son for them. 
And because His Son, Jesus Christ, gave His life for believers, He also wants to help them when they ask Him for help. He wants to. Nothing He wants more than to answer your cries for help when you're tempted. That's why Christ added that benediction at the end of the Lord's Prayer too. We confess about that benediction. Question and answer 128. All this we ask of you because as our King having power over all things you are both willing and able to give us all that is good. Willing. Wanting. Our Father in Heaven, Jesus assured us, is because of Him both willing and able to help us in our trials to resist the evil one and instead to grow in our faith. And then Jesus taught us to close our prayer with that wonderful little word, Amen. It's a Hebrew word, Amen. If you pray these petitions from the heart with a heart that seeks your life with your Father in Christ, then you can know my Father in heaven hears me. 100% sure he hears me. He'll truly help me. Give me what I need. Exactly what I need. It can be that you don't really feel that at the moment. Maybe you're dealing with trials, going through a battle with those powerful enemies in your life then, temptations. Enemies want you to take things in your own hands, tempt you to fall back in the sin you didn't want to fall back into again. But if you pray from your heart, your Almighty Father is there to draw you to Himself in and through that battle. He's there in your trials, so you end up with Christ and not with the devil and his demonic powers. He's there to draw your life away from the world in which you want to fall. You're inclined to fall. And he draws you to live closer to Christ by his power and his spirit. Because the world is a world the world that's mentioned in this Lord's Day 2 is a world in which your life centers around yourself. He wants to draw you away from that to a life where everything centers around Jesus Christ, serving Him, loving Him. The Father in Heaven wants to bring you to love Him and live for Him. Because that's life. That's life that begins here and never, ever will end. And brothers and sisters, you realize then that if you don't live close to Christ and to following His will and way, if you don't do that, you can only blame yourself. You can't blame the Lord God because He wants nothing more for you than that you win that war against those sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and your own sinful nature. He wants to let you win that battle against sin in your life more and more. 
He wants to bring you every time again to the cross of Christ and to the victory that He obtained. Go to your mighty Father in heaven then. And in His power, resist the nasty devil and his whole dominion because your Father would love nothing more than to give you that victory as He promised you and as was prayed for at your baptism. Listen again to that prayer offered up after every baptism here. May he or she, this child, live in all righteousness under our only teacher, king, and high priest, Jesus Christ, and valiantly fight against and overcome sin, the devil, and his whole dominion. And may this child forever praise and magnify you and your son, Jesus Christ, together with the Spirit, the one only true God. That was prayed for you at your baptism. That was promised to you by God. So let's live as people who know this God, who trust this God, and who are on the way to that complete victory. Amen. Let's sing in response to the proclamation here this afternoon. Psalm 68 stanzas 8 and 9.